welcome to Best Laid Plans. This is Sarah Hart Unger, the host of this podcast, and I am here to welcome you today to season three. I'm calling this season three because I believe we began season two at the start of the new year, and then I took a lovely hiatus in July. So this does seem like a natural break point to welcome you back to the third season of this podcast about all things planning and planning adjacent. So this is episode number 53, and that's a little bit of a cheat because as you probably noticed, and as I had announced, we did take a four-week break for the month of July of 2021. And during that time, my podcast producers and I decided to air four of some of our most popular episodes. So I know some of you enjoyed listening to those either the first time or maybe the second time. But yeah, I think having a one month break at least yearly is a, I don't know, a great thing to do for this podcast sustainability because I'm back even more excited than ever to come talk about all things planning related. And it was just really nice to have that downtime during a time of year when planning isn't necessarily as much on the forefront of everyone's minds. Fun fact, this podcast has now reached its first birthday. So that's kind of an exciting milestone. It debuted at the very end of July 2020 with three episodes dropped the first week. And so this can be considered the anniversary episode, perhaps. So this is kind of a big deal. Thank you all for listening so far and making this, you know, a fun and successful endeavor. If you haven't yet, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. I know many, many of you have done that and I truly appreciate it. We are at 250,000 total downloads and averaging around 4,000 downloads per episode, but hoping to grow from here. So again, thank you so much for your support thus far. I do encourage you to submit your questions. I am still planning on doing kind of a monthly flow consisting of one guest episode. I already have August's guest booked, and I'm so excited for this guest, as I'm sure many of you will be as well. I have one technique or concept episode one Q&A with all of your questions and my best attempts at answering them, one planner review episode, and then one bonus if there are five Mondays. As you know, we get closer to people starting to plan for 2022, I have a feeling we might be a little bit heavier on the planner review episodes. Yet in the fall, I hope to bring up some more concepts and maybe even some extra guests and Q&As. So that's kind of the format of this podcast. And just remember, you can always submit questions to me via a few different avenues. You could either email me and my email address you can find very easily under the contact tab on my blog, theshoebox.com, T-H-E-S-H-U-B-O-X.com. Or if you just want my email address that I use for the podcast, it's shoeboxblog, S-H-U-B-O-X-B-L-O-G at gmail.com. Or you can go to my Instagram where I have been posting some pictures again. If you want to see what my planning life is up to, go to at shoebox underscore plans. That's S-H-U-B-O-X underscore plans. Or you can leave me an audio question. If you go to the podcast tab on my blog and scroll down, there's a list of all of the episodes we've had so far. And at the bottom, there's an icon where you can leave your own voicemail type of question. And I'm happy to incorporate more of your voices on this podcast. So please keep sending those in. So yeah, that's kind of an update as to where we are. Nothing terribly earth shattering has happened (laughs) in terms of my actual life. I am still working. I work full time. 
and I am still managing all the different realms of life. And I'm still blogging most days and posting to Instagram every once in a while. In terms of my everyday system, of course, as is my tendency, it has gone through little iterations, though the basic framework is still the same. So before we get into our review today, I'll just do a quick overview on kind of what I'm using now. What are my go-to planning items and things? So I am still using that I started in, I guess it began in the very beginning of July or the end of June, the Erin Condren Life Planner in the hourly layout. I have the slate blue vegan leather cover. I believe I did a whole review episode on this in a past episode. I'll have to find it. I'm sorry. I'll have to link in the show notes. And this is what I use to put all of my hard landscape stuff in. So any kind of appointment, any meeting for work, I keep track of when I have patients for work and kind of hard to do's. So for example, if I know I have to book my daughter's doctor's appointment and I know their schedule open in the beginning of July, then I'll have a box on the weekly thing there. So basically it's just got all my weekly goals in it. And then the way it's designed, Erin Condren actually has space for you to put monthly goals. So I keep those there as well, as well as a little bit of memory keeping because they have space for that. So I use that every single day and kind of has the structure of my day and my week. And then more recently, and I'll be going into depth on this item, I've been using an undated study daily planner. That's what it's called by the Japanese brand and Studium. And that's spelled like an ampersand sign, like an and sign, and then S-T-U-D-I-U-M. I decided on a whim to purchase this from Honeypress NC, which is a small shop based in North Carolina. It's relatively new. They specialize in Japanese and other Asian stationary products. And this book just intrigued me. It was marketed as a study planner, but I was like, wow, what a cute little daily planner. So I ordered it and it turns out it's a great fit for me. And I'm going to go into more detail about that product in a few minutes, but I just wanted to mention it here since it's part of my daily armistice right now, where I kind of map up what the hours of my day are going to look at like and put some other things on there as well that I'll go into more detail about in a few minutes. I will say that I was previously using the full focus planner. I also truly love that system. I guess I'm now an officially an affiliate, so you can get that link from my blog or actually on my Instagram. It's on my link tree. I really enjoy um, the amount of space that's present in that planner, as well as kind of the curated goal setting that they have incorporated into it. So I probably will return to that at some point, but I just decided to dabble in something new as I often do. I have to admit, little planner confessional here, that I abandoned the simplified daily planner before I even started it. I filled out all the front pages, but I just kept being alarmed by how big and heavy it was since I also carry around my Erin Condren Life Planner. And that stack of both of them was taking up so much real estate in my bag that I think it was just a non-starter for me. Coupled with the fact that I was not thrilled about the split weekends, I really like a full day for each weekend day, and half of Sunday's task list, as I've mentioned, was filled with her own ideas of what my tasks should be. That really kept grating on me. So my daughter, Annabelle, will be playing with that planner or taking it over. So there you go. Planner fail. It's okay. Luckily, I have a planner podcast and thus an excuse to buy more planners and so many other options to use. All right. So what else am I currently using? I'm still using my Cultivate What Matters. I have the six month that I am using for goal setting. I didn't completely get through my little tending list page in July, but I I certainly set it up and it was helpful to me and I plan on using it for August. 
And I am very dutifully filling out my five-year Hobumichi planner. So I think I've missed a couple of days over the course of the year, but for the most part, I've been really good about putting at least something, some highlight or note, and a few printed photo stickers to document kind of what's happened throughout the year so far. And that's going to take me all the way, hopefully, through the next four and a half years. And then finally, my pen preferences have not changed in this brief month since I've been gone. I am still using mostly the Pentel Energel Klena, the 0.4 size is my favorite, as well as my mild liners. And as I'll discuss below, I have gone back to using a little bit more ballpoint. Uh, the Studium Undated Study Planner that I'm using doesn't play as nicely with gel pens. So I've been using my Uniball Jetstream in both that and in the five-year Hobonichi. And then lest we not forget the digital planning that I do, I'm still using Apple Notes to corral podcast to-do lists, work to-do lists, quarterly and longer range lists, corralling documents for school, things like that. All right. So that's my current everyday system that I'm kind of using on a daily basis. And now we're going to take a little bit of a deep dive into this daily study planner. I've gotten a lot of questions about it. I posted it on Instagram. I think it's in my feed. And then I put a fully written on page in my stories and labeled it after the pen. And that's saved in the the planning highlight. If you want to take a look at what I'm talking about for some visuals, I'll also include the pictures in the show notes on my blog. But anyway, as I mentioned, I bought this a little bit on a whim. I think I had already started to recognize that the simplified was not going to be workable for me, but I really do love having a daily page that I use religiously to just kind of map out my day and keep me focused. I've been doing this for many years now, ever since I've been using my Hobonichis. And as I mentioned during the pandemic, I kind of dabbled in bullet journaling, but I don't like having to draw out the entire day. So having a more structured daily system is what works for me. So this planner is fairly small. It is 5.3 inches by eight inches or in centimeters, about 13 and a half centimeters by 20 centimeters. And it's definitely less than an inch thick because it only has four months worth of days in it. So that's one tangent I'll go off in. I don't feel like a daily planner for me needs to have the entire year. And in fact, that becomes really burdensome unless it's super, super thin paper like a Hobonichi Cousin or a Wonderland. Because unless it's super thin paper, you're kind of carrying around a brick. And I don't really care what I did on January 17th when it's August 3rd or something like that. So having a daily planner that's got three months or four months in it suits my needs a whole lot better, especially because I also use, as I mentioned, the Erin Condren Life Planner, which goes through an entire year and it's more for actual engagement planning. Okay, that was my digression. But I do like how this is pretty small and that's because it only has four months included. The concept is that it's a study planner. And I think that's really popular in college or maybe teens and they track exactly how many hours they study and they make graphs about it. I am too old to have ever been part of that culture. There were no cool study planners around when I was studying. I'm sure I would have loved it. But when I saw the layout of this planner on Honeypress's site, I was like, well, that doesn't have to be a study planner. That can just be a daily planner because there's nothing specific on the daily pages about studying. But what I loved about it was similar to the full focus, there's an entire to-do list area and then a little time tracker area where you could either track in 10-minute increments because there's these little boxes and I've seen people color code and like really get granular. But instead, I don't do that. I just use it to 
mark off the things that I have planned and then kind of time block in the more empty portions of the day. I'm not a strict time block planner, as I've admitted, but I do see the value of kind of having a template for how you're going to fill hours that are less structured. And so I do kind of take a hybrid approach and I like to have a to-do list so that I can also kind of holistically do my tasks during moments of downtime. If your to-do list is anything like mine, it often takes on a life of its own. I'm Eric Fisher, host of the Beyond the To-Do List podcast. And each week I talk with productivity experts, authors, and creatives as they share their insights on how to live life beyond the to-do list. People like Phil Rosenthal of Everybody Loves Raymond and Somebody Feed Phil about creativity, family, food, and travel. Productivity expert David Allen on getting things done. And Whole30 founder Melissa Urban on setting boundaries in your personal and professional life. Find a great new episode each week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Jenny Kane. I love Jenny Kane, and I hope you love shopping there to support the show. When you do, visit JennyKane.com and use code PLANS for 15% off your first order. We are now well into spring, and there's no better time to shop for beautiful cotton sweaters that can take us right into the next season. And definitely take a look at their dresses. They have so many pretty ones. I'm obsessed with the day dress. It's so classic and versatile. Plus, everything in their collection is designed so intentionally that you can style pieces together without a second thought. All of their sweaters and tops pair with jeans, work pants, and more, and can be styled to fit practically any occasion. Find your new spring uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code PLANS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E dot com. Promo code PLANS. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Today's episode is sponsored in part by Factor. Factor is sponsoring this episode with an awesome discount code PLANS50 to give you 50% off your first month and 20% off the next. Trying out our sponsors helps keep the show going, and I think this is a wonderful time to give it a try, given that it's always a busy season. Factor offers no prep and no mess meals that are tailored to your wellness goals. They offer multiple options from protein plus to plant-based to keto and many more. No matter what your health goals are, you can keep kitchen time to a minimum while enjoying healthy and delicious meals with premium ingredients with Factor. You can get started feeling great and fueling well now by giving them a try. Head to factormeals.com plans50 and use code PLANS50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code PLANS50, P-L-A-N-S 50, at factormeals.com slash PLANS50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. And that's what really attracted me to this planner. So as I said, it's slightly smaller than A5. And to me, the heart of it is this beautiful daily layout. There's a little goal segment at the top of the page where you write the date. So as I mentioned, it's undated. It has kind of a, I have the blue color. There are some blue ones, a light blue one, a navy and a medium blue, kind of a lightish blue, actually, I would say like a sky blue. That's what I have. They all have accents that are blue and gray. So at the top of my page, there's like kind of a light highlighter looking box around a place to put your goals. For the more pink shades, that box is gray and pink. So they kind of have a color scheme going for them. Anyway, so there's a place up top where you can put the goal. I use that for my five core daily habits that I like to track that I've talked about previously. Meditation, going outside, reading, listening to some music and doing my Duolingo. I just like checking those off and my little graphic that I use for that. So I put that up there as well as 
an overarching goal for the day. And then there's a cute little to-do list. There are, I should say cute little, but I mean, there's like more than 20 lines on this to-do list. I decided to divide mine up into segments where I track my meals. I track things I actually want to do. I track, um, right now I'm trying to still work on Organize 365, which is a home organization program. And I list my tasks there in its own section so I can really give it attention. And then along the bottom, there's a section that says total, where I think they're meaning total study hours. But for me, I list total for screen time and sleep and steps. So that's where I keep those things. And then on the bottom, I'm writing down any book that I'm reading or any great podcast I listen to, basically any media that I've come across that day that I want to remember having done. And so that comprises my daily page for the day. That sounds like a lot, yet this piece of paper isn't all that big. So I really feel like it packs a punch in terms of amount of metrics and tracking you can do in a relatively small package. That's why I'm really having fun playing with it right now. That's not the only thing in this planner, but it's definitely the meat of it. There's also four pages of undated monthly plans. I don't know what I'm going to use that for. If anything, I might not use it. We'll see. And then there is also a yearly plan. This happens to be, you can hear me turning the pages, a spring start edition. That's that's a very Japanese thing. Hobonichi also has a spring start edition of their planner that I believe begins in April. So this goes all the way from April to March and it has a a line for every single day. So if there was something you were tracking daily, you could write something on each line. Again, I don't necessarily know that I need to track anything there, but I can think of a lot of things I could track. Then comes a timetable. I don't know again that I'm going to be using that, but it kind of talks about things that you have each day on the top is the days of the week. And on the left, there are numbers one through 10. It's a little unusual because I don't know what 10 slots they're talking about, but interesting. And then, as I mentioned, come the undated monthlies. And then there's four of those. And then we get into the repeating part of this planner. There's a weekly plan page that is really, really functional. It's basically a grid. There's a big box for the weekly goal. You can write what days it is. And then at the top are the days, Monday through Sunday. I love that it starts on a Monday. And then, so it's seven across by four down and it's unlabeled. So you could use them for anything, which is really, really cool. I am using them. I use this to do my meal plan for the family. So I put our dinners in there for each night. I put my workout plans. I always plan these things on Sunday. So this was a perfect scaffold for me to do this. I wrote what organizing task I wanted to do each day. And then I have a, a row for kids where I want to spend a little bit of focus time with each kid. So like today I wrote solo play with Genevieve, my youngest kid, because honestly, it can be easy to forget that kind of thing. So I figure why not try to be more intentional about it, but you could use this for, I mean, the possibilities are literally endless. I love that it is not labeled. You could do anything you wanted with this. You could track all your meals. You could track workouts. You could track studying. You could use it as a gratitude journal. And really there, there is like the endless possibilities. Then you have seven daily pages, as I mentioned. And then after the seventh page, you have a little weekly review page, which I think would be perfect for like a little gratitude journal. It also has kind of an area that could be used as a habit tracker along the top. I might do that. I don't know. I do get burned out very easily on habit tracking, but this would be a perfect little habit tracker because there's four lines and then there's boxes for each day of the week. So I guess that really is what it's supposed to be. Or you could make it into a graph. Maybe it could be like the number of hours of sleep you got or the number of minutes you spent on the phone. Maybe you could graph both of them and see if they're 
like diametrically opposed, probably. And then there are seven boxes where you could use for days of the week, but you don't have to. I think this would actually be a perfect place to put one thing you're grateful for each day. And then there's a little box that says notes and then for next week. Now, if you are thinking, oh, wow, it has weekly pages. I'm gonna make this my main weekly planner. You could, I somehow I feel like you might struggle with really keeping all of your hard landscape meetings and stuff. I mean, there's certainly not as much space for those kinds of things as there is in the Erin Condren. If you're used to something very small, like a Jibun Techo, and you're thinking of switching, then you could try that. But just keep in mind, since it's only four months, if you get an engagement, you need to remember that's five months from now, you wouldn't be able to put it in there. So I've, I see this more as like an ephemeral, like this is what's happening now, kind of a planner where I track my dailies and gratitude. It's, it's more like a, it's like a planner for the present versus my Erin Condren, which is more of a planner for the future. Hmm. I never really thought about that, but yeah, that's kind of how I would see it. Sorry, you got sound effects on this one as I turn these crisp pages. We're gonna get to the paper in a minute, but I just wanted to mention what's at the end of the planner is a very nice amount, I would say maybe 10 pages of grid paper. No, maybe it's like it's like five pages of grid and then five pages of blank and five dot grid pages. So that's really cool. There's a lot of blank space at the end I didn't even realize was there. So this is a versatile little gem for only $20. I think that's a great price point for what it is on Honeypress. The only thing is I, you know, Honeypress is a small retailer and I think they're already selling out of a few colors. Hopefully she's going to restock them. You can also find it. I did a little bit of searching on, on Amazon, but it's more expensive actually by a significant amount on Amazon. And it looks like some people were selling it on Etsy, but not currently. So not the world's easiest to find. I am not an expert at using Amazon Japan. I do have a thought that perhaps it might be easy to find on that site if you're used to using it. All right. So that was the and studium, and that's spelled like an and sign, studium, S-T-U-D-I-U-M, undated study planner, which I am using as my daily planner right now. Oh, I need to talk about the cover and I need to talk about the paper. So the cover is a just a clear plastic vinyl looking cover and it's labeled study planner. So it's not blank, it does say that on it. And then behind that is the page in mine, case it's kind of a sky blue color but obviously if you had a different color it would be a different color and that's what gives it its color and it's o-rings mine are kind of a coppery rose gold color and they're quite narrow we are talking like maybe half an inch of an o-ring so very very different than the giant o-rings that are on some other much larger planners so that is kind of the size of it and then i did want to mention the paper it is fairly thin I don't get tons of bleed through, but I did find that some of my gel pens smudged a bit. So I pivoted back to using the Uniball Jetstream, which is what I tend to use on thinner, slicker paper, such as in the Hobonichi, and it works really, really nice with that. I'm not saying you couldn't use gel pens. It's not like it wasn't terrible. It was just not perfect. The one that worked the worst was actually the Zebra Sarasa Dry. It was very not dry on this paper, so I wouldn't necessarily recommend using that. I am using mild liners on it and they really do not, um, there's like mild bleed through, but it's not bad. I mean, cause I'm using the backs and the fronts of the pages and it doesn't bother me, but I can see through a little bit from the lines that I drew on the page behind. I'd say it's moderate 
mild to moderate bleed through potential. So yeah, I think the paper to me, it reminds me of like the Mio paper that's in the Jibun Techo Biz. It's definitely got very little tooth. And I don't actually know the GSM weight on the top, off the top of my head, but it's definitely thinner than, for example, like an Aaron Condren, which is 80 pound paper. If I had to guess, this is like 50 or 60, something like that. All right. So that is kind of the specs. I highly recommend checking that out if you're looking for a compact daily notebook to try. And before we end this episode, we are going to get into our questions. So this came from Malika. We were on vacation from July 1st to July 6th, and this completely threw me off my monthly planning and also my weekly planning. I was scrambling day to day with kids stuff and catching up on work and house tours, and it was mid-July by the time I felt like I was getting back into planning and being intentional with my time. Any tips to slide back into a normal routine quickly after a break? Yes, I love this question. I have struggled with this at times myself. The first thing, and this is going to seem a little bit silly, but if possible, do not end your trips on a Sunday. Now, I'm not sure if you did. Let's see, July 1st to July 6th. Yes, I think that is Monday to, uh, well, it could have been Monday to Saturday. Not sure. But um, no, I think it's a Tuesday to Sunday because I think the 7th was a Monday. Anyway, that could all be wrong. And I apologize if so. But I have found in my life that I absolutely need a buffer between a family trip and going back to work. And if my family trip absolutely has to end on a Sunday, then I'm going to try my hardest to take Monday off or at least make it a really flexible day where I can get back into the routine. I think if you basically have in your planner that this is going to be rebuild day and you know that you are going to be able to spend the day cleaning up, unpacking, you know, making the shopping list, getting the kids stuff back in order, it just really like sliding exactly back into your routine, like you mentioned, then you'll be able to do it. But if you come back from your vacation with the expectation that you'll just automatically step back into normal life, it sounds like you'll have kind of the experience that you have and which I have absolutely had before. So that is my biggest advice, which is to try to leave some space between. If you really can't, then maybe you could take some time during your vacation to kind of plan for reentry. Like perhaps maybe your kids, I don't know if you have kids, but I'm guessing maybe you do because I think reentry is harder if you're also trying to deal with traveling with little ones. Maybe they're they're happily watching iPad on a drive back from where you are and you could spend that time if somebody else is driving, of course, ordering groceries, making a plan for the week, kind of talking through things with your partner if you have one, like really using that time, even though it, yes, you're coming back from vacation, but to start focusing on, um, you know, you had a great trip, you're rested. How can we make the next week run smoothly? So those are my two pieces of advice. Try to build in buffer time. And if it's not possible to actually dedicate some time during the end of your trip, thinking about how you might re-enter gracefully. If anybody else has more words of wisdom for our questioner, please let me know. I'm happy to share them in a future episode. And thank you so much for listening. I'm so excited to be back. We're going to be bringing you lots more fun content. Please send your requests for different reviews or topics to me because I am just excited to bring you a fresh new season of fun things centered around planning, productivity, organization, and more. Thank you again and have a wonderful week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.